0: Today on Blue 58, the Packers get a chance to explore a unique matchup this week, and it's probably the closest thing we're going to get to a true playoff preview, but maybe not in the way you'd expect. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast to thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink and I just want to say, Merry Christmas. Thanks for sticking around with us throughout all of 2020, and thanks for bringing a few friends with you as well. This has been a great year of growth for us, a great opportunity to talk Packers year to year, or from beginning to end of this year, I guess I should say. And we've got a good game coming up this weekend. Hopefully you are having a Merry Christmas weekend. Uh, I understand if you're not listening to this on release day itself, uh, but I wanted to make sure we got something out ahead of the game. Even if we don't have an opportunity to have our full poll results in this one, either we'll still get a little bit of an idea where people are are falling on this game. The Tennessee Titans are rolling into town this weekend. And as I said in the open there, I think this is the closest thing that we're going to get to a playoff preview. But what I mean by that is important. I don't necessarily mean that the Titans are just a very good team and the Packers are going to have to play well to overcome them. That is true. But the important part here is the matchup. We've talked for a couple months now about how it feels like the the Packers are going to really have to rely on matchups in the playoffs. The Packers, like most of the NFC field, if not all of the NFC playoff field, are a flawed team. That's just a reality of who they are. We can debate whether their flaws are bigger or smaller than other teams in the NFC, but I don't think anybody would question the idea that the Packers have some flaws. And every team's got them. NFC, non-AFC, playoff team, non-playoff team, it's just a matter of how big your flaws are. But I think the Packers' success or failure in the playoffs is going to come down to what matchups they get and whether or not they can take advantage of them. Not even so much how other teams match up against the Packers. The story heading into this game for a while now has been that the, the Titans are going to just obliterate the Packers with Derrick Henry, and that may well be true, But what I'm more interested in, as far as how the Packers play this weekend and in the playoffs, is how the Packers match up offensively against the other team's defense. Because I think the Packers have shown that no matter what, they can stay in games offensively pretty much all the time. The only game that they weren't competitive in offensively was the Buccaneers game. And there have been times throughout this season where they've disappeared, sure, but in every game, whether they're playing well or not playing well, they have done enough on offense to be competitive. Even this past Sunday against the Panthers, when they did not have a great offensive game, they got to 24 points and that was enough to put the, the Panthers away. I almost at the Jaguars, that's an entirely different animal. Literally and, and figuratively, I guess. The Titans do some things on offense and have the personnel on offense to really put a hurt on the Packers. But the reverse is true as well the Packers match up pretty well with the Titans, and we'll talk about that here in a second, but let's go through the preview as we normally do, starting with the quarterback on offense for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill's doing the job for Tennessee in more ways than one. He's been positively elite since taking over as the starter midway through the 2019 season. More than 6,000 passing yards, 53 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, a passer rating of 114 and change. Not too shabby. Just this season, he's completing sixty-six and a half percent of his passes. He has thrown twenty a uh, thirty-one touchdowns, just five interceptions, and his passer rating is a cool one hundred ten point four. By the advanced numbers, he's fourth in DYAR, fourth in DVOA. The big question here is: He is is Tannehill good because of the Titans' amazing running game, or is the running game good because of him? Honestly, I don't know. And even though a lot of the evidence shows that running tends to be good because of passing more than passing good because of running, I think that may be the wrong question anyway. I think the bigger issue as far as we're concerned, if we're worried about matchups, is whether or not Ryan Tannehill is the kind of quarterback who can carve you up in the passing game as a complement to the running game. Because if you can attack a team through the air while also being efficient on the ground, you're going to be pretty much unstoppable. The Titans running game seems to be pretty well-equipped to just bludgeon everybody they face to death. So can Ryan Tannehill be the kind of quarterback who can be efficient in the passing game week in and week out? And I think the answer here is a pretty clear yes. Last year, the Titans went deep a lot, and Ryan Tannehill was effective at that. This year, they're throwing deep less, but Tannehill is still very efficient. And I think the best comparison for Tannehill and the rest of the the Titans' offense is actually the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook work together in tandem very well. When Dalvin Cook is running well, when Kirk Cousins is executing well, the Vikings' offense is really hard to stop. And whether or not they're succeeding because of each other is kind of irrelevant. Because if both of them can af- attack competently, they've, they're always going to have options. Their success, when they're successful together, becomes complementary in a way that's almost impossible to stop. And that's the real important thing. Whether or not they're setting each other up for success doesn't really matter. The point is they're succeeding. And Ryan Tannehill's playing really, really well. But let's talk about Derrick Henry. It doesn't matter how he's doing it like what goes into his success. The point is he's doing it all as a runner. The advanced stats really like him. He's adding more value as a runner than anybody else. He's doing it uh, as consistently as anybody in the league. He's doing it on a per-play basis. He's averaging 5.2 yards per attempt. Aaron Jones is is a tad higher there, but Henry has far more attempts. He's doing it in big chunks. He's got 33 explosive running plays this year. That's more than anybody in our database has ever recorded as a rusher or a receiver in a single season. The single season record for explosive plays in our database is Randall Cobb with 31 in 2014. Henry's not even done this season, and he's got more than that. As a runner, as a runner alone, he's doing it after contact. 3.4 yards per attempt after contact so far this year. He's more than 1,000 total yards after contact this year alone. Derek Henry is very, very good. But let's also talk about A.J. Brown here for a second. I'm very interested to see how the Packers choose to cover A.J. Brown. 5'11", 226, he's the kind of model of the big slot receiver that you you look for in the NFL today. And I was a big fan of him in the 2019 draft. He's taken a few picks after Elton Jenkins. I think it seems to have worked out pretty well for both teams because he's got a career yards per catch average. This is Brown, not Jenkins, of 17.9 and he's having another effective, efficient year this year. I hope this is a time where the Packers actually choose to have somebody follow him around because Jair Alexander seems like the sort of guy you need to take out a receiver like this. Corey Davis is actually their leading receiver, and we'll talk about him in a second, but I think Brown seems more likely to be the sort of player who gives the Packers trouble. Where are the Titans vulnerable then? Most of the stats would seem to indicate the the Titans do have some issues, on the offensive line, despite their rushing success. So if the Packers can take advantage of that and pressure Ryan Tannehill, there could be some hay to be made. Just don't play soft zone forever and try to get pressure with four guys. Let's be a little bit creative. This is the time to do that. Who should we know about then? Well, uh, let's circle back to Corey Davis. Corey Davis is interesting. He's the fifth overall pick, or was the fifth overall pick in 2017. But prior to this year, he had never had... Uh, an average yards per target of more than 8.7. He's up to 12 this year. He had never had more than 900 yards in a season. He's got 945 this year. He'd never caught more than 62% of his targets in a year. He's catching 75% of his targets this year. It shows the value of patience, and it also shows the value of figuring out how to utilize a guy. I think this year more than ever has shown me that how guys are used matters just as much as the guys themselves. I still believe in the cliche, players not plays. I still, or if you if you prefer uh, the, the rhyming version, X's and O's, or Jimmy's and Joe's and not X's and O's, they're cliches and they're kind of tiresome, but I think they are generally true. And I still believe that getting the best athletes and guys that you can is going to be hugely important. But I think Matt LaFleur has shown, I think the NFL as a whole has shown that how you use the players that you get matters a whole awful lot. Look at Ryan Tannehill, for instance. He was not great with the Dolphins. Now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league with the Titans. How you use people matters. Corey Davis is showing the Titans that this year. What about if we flip it over? What about when the Packers' offense is taking on the Titans' defense? This is what I said was the big thing, right? How the Packers are able to take advantage of the matchups they have in front of them. Let's talk about where the Titans are strong first and foremost. The Titans get their hands on the ball a lot. They are fifth in the league in takeaways. Nine different Titans players have an interception this year. Eleven different players have forced a fumble. But as we should well know in Green Bay, because of most of the Dom Capers era, getting turnovers is not always indicative of a strong defense. And the Titans, overall, do not have a particularly strong defense. They are very weak against the pass. They have one of the worst ranked pass defenses in the league by just about any number you look at. The Titans tend to give up a lot of big plays to tight ends, specifically, and to the passing game generally. One of the big drawbacks statistically for, for Robert Tunyon this year is that he hasn't yet had a 100-yard game. That's an anomaly as much as anything because he's had a three-touchdown game. He's had 10 touchdowns on the year. Just hasn't ended up with 100 yards receiving on the year yet. Well, in a game. He's got well over 100 yards. You know what I mean. This may be the game that it happens. I think the Packers should just be feeding Robert Tunyon in this game Say, make plays for us, and we'll build the passing game around you this week. But if there's a fly in the ointment with that plan, I think it comes in the form of second year defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. Six foot four, 301 pounds. We talked about him a lot as a potential Packers fit in the 2019 draft. Didn't necessarily like him a whole lot because he was coming off a knee injury. He came back very quickly, actually, played as a rookie and seems to be about at full strength now. He's not putting up a bunch of counting stats this year, but but we know that stats don't necessarily matter in that respect. Look at what Derek Brown did to Lucas Patrick last week. He did not have a bunch of impressive stats coming into that game, but he pushed Lucas Patrick all over the field and made life pretty difficult for Aaron Rodgers. That's something to keep in mind this Sunday. The counting stats for the Titans are kind of a mixed bag. If we look at production ratio, they've got nobody over one. Harold Landry leads the way at point eight nine. Behind them, him is Jayon Brown with uh, .6 on the year. He's only got one sack, but it doesn't matter because he's injured and out for the rest of the season anyway. Jadeveon Clowney is next after that with a PR of .5. He also is injured and out for the rest of the season. Jeffrey Simmons then rounds out the top four with a PR of .48. We're making a big deal out of him, again, because of what Derek Brown did last week. The Ball Hawks, though, are a different story. They have six players with nine or more. Four of them are defensive backs. That are, that's a better ratio than anybody we've seen recently. Malcolm Butler has 16 on the year, the hero of that uh, Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl. Jayan Brown has 12. Again, he's hurt. Harold Landry has 10.5. Imani Hooker, another defensive back, has 10. Jeffrey Simmons with 9. And Kevin Byard, the 2017 All-Pro safety, has 9 as well. The last time the Packers and Titans saw each other was in the middle of a 2016 of the 2016 season, right in the middle of that four-game losing streak. Of those four... This one might be the most cringeworthy there. The Titans were up 35-10 to over the Packers at one point, and about the only bright spot in that game was Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson. In his swan song season, really, Jordy Nelson uh, chipped in with a big effort, and together he and Adams had 18 catches, 282 yards, and a touchdown. Wasn't enough, though, as the Titans easily won, ending up putting up 45 points on the Packers. So what's going to happen in this one? Who do we think is going to win or lose and why? I feel like I'm a little bit in the minority here, but I think the Packers are going to win. I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think the Packers are going to win. It could be a weird kind of shootout too. Maybe a lot of running on both sides, Packers and Titans. But I think the Packers had an interesting opportunity to learn a lesson earlier this year. I want to circle back to that Packers-Vikings game again. I think, broadly speaking, Mike Pettin plays a pretty passive brand of defense. He likes to drop seven and rush four. A lot. There are exceptions. I read the Film Grinder articles, too. But generally speaking, he's pretty passive. Passivity hurt the Packers big time against the Vikings in their second matchup. Packers had a lot of long, slow drives that ran a lot of clock. And the Titans were happy to have a lot of long, slow drives that ran clock as well. Because that kept them in the game. And ultimately, when the Packers slowed down to nothing on offense, it let the Vikings get out ahead and essentially put the game away. I think if the Packers want to beat the Titans, they've got to sell out on stopping one of their two modes of attack. They've either really got to go all in on stopping Derrick Henry, And just say, okay, Ryan Tannehill, do your thing. If you can beat us through the air, so be it. Or they've got to get ahead enough that the Titans can't run and have to pass. And ultimately, I think if the Packers can stop the Titans from scoring on, say, four drives, maybe three, that's probably enough. The Packers want to play high-scoring games anyway. They don't want to play close, slog-it-out, tight games. They want to be like make-it-take-it type games. We score, you got to score to keep up with us. If the Packers can play that kind of game, and I think there's a lot of reason to think that they can against the Titans' defense, I think the Packers come out on top. If the Packers let the Titans control the game, though, if they let the Titans hold hold serve on offense, then things could get really ugly, and it could be a big problem for the Packers. Nevertheless, and maybe this is foolish of me, but I think the Packers have learned their lesson from earlier this season. I think they understand what they have to do to beat a team like this. I think that they can adapt. They haven't always done a good job of it, but they can adapt. And I think they will on Sunday, and I think they beat the Titans. Overall, and our polling is not yet complete because it is Wednesday as we record this, trying to get the taping in a little bit early. But overall, most fans do agree there. However, the confidence is pretty low. Just 65% of Packers fans who have responded to our poll so far today believe the Packers will win on, on Sunday. That is the second lowest mark of the season. If you think the Titans can beat the Packers, I think that's a fair position. They're a very good team, and this is going to be a good sort of exploration as to whether or not the Packers can take advantage of matchups that they have in front of them. I think they can. I'm confident in that. And I hope the Packers don't prove me wrong. So I've got for you in this episode. But before I leave you, I want to take a second and say thank you for supporting us in our ongoing effort to raise money for the Adrian Amos I'm Still Here Foundation. We are still accepting entries into our raffle, into our drawing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, any donation amount gets you in there. All right, I've had a couple people say, "I'm sorry, I can't contribute all that much." Doesn't matter to me. Whatever you can contribute is great. Uh, we're showing people that you know we are a caring bunch, that we've got a cool community going on here, and uh, that we're going to do whatever we can to support a worthy cause. So whatever you can contribute is fine. If you want to take part, don't be worried if you can't give fifty, a hundred bucks, whatever. Some people have given that much. That's fine too. Uh, But if you donate anything at all, you get entered into this drawing that we're having for a jersey. All right? We're closing in on $1,000 collected for that, and I'm grateful for everybody who has participated. Second thing I want to say, it is Christmas. If we don't get a chance to speak again before you get bogged down, bogged down, before you start enjoying holiday stuff, we're still going to be releasing episodes throughout the time between Christmas and New Year's and beyond, if we don't get a chance to talk to each other again, thank you so much for listening to the Power Sweep this year. Be excellent to each other this holiday season. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. Have a good time. Merry Christmas. We'll see you Sunday after the Packers beat the Titans. Have a good one.